We're going to continue in a um, series looking at the Gospels and, and kind of looking at them through the lens of encountering God, thank you Tim, in, uh, in our ordinary lives. And to start, what I want you to do is I want you to think of who you would describe as the most typecast actor that you could think of. Typecast meaning an actor that is, is so there, one character they played that it's really hard for them to play a different character. That's just who you know them for. Um, so turn to your neighbor, one or two typecast, most typecast actors that you can think of. All right, let's hear a couple of them. Most typecast actor. Who's got a few? Yep. You said Dwayne The Rock. That's what I thought. Okay. F- future president of the United States. Yeah. All right. Who else? Robin Williams. Okay. Okay. What's the character? Creepy old guy. Yeah. Robin Williams. What's the character that, you're, that you think of? Funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? Anyone? Deborah. Always. Yeah. Always. Meg, Meg Ryan. Cool. Sam. <laughs> oh, good. One more. Chris Farley. Yeah. Right. So good. So good. Phil Shabazz, Phil Shabazz, uh, yes, I'll stop there. Uh, we're going to look at a, well, actually, funny text I got this week. Um, Jonathan Edwards sent Gabe and I a text of, um, so if you all, you've all heard of who Taylor Swift is dating, yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's this football player, right, for the Chiefs. And he has a brother who's also a football player for the Eagles. They actually played against each other in the Super Bowl last year. And so Jonathan Edwards sent a picture of their third brother to Gabe and I this week. Um, Gabe and I have a little club of brothers of famous brothers. Gabe's brother is a news anchor and my brother's a football coach. So Jonathan had a good time um, sending us the picture of the other Kelsey brother, who's not, who's not in the NFL. I don't even know if it's a real person, but it was funny. Um, so you can be typecast not just for actors, but you can be typecast for kind of how people know you too, right? Oh, brother of a famous brother. Oh, your job. Oh, your role at home, a mom, a dad, a, a youngest, an oldest, whatever it might be. We can get kind of dialed in on certain roles. And I think we have a character in the gospel today that fits that bill. We're going to read the story of Zacchaeus. What do we know about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm coming to your house to stay. The wee little man. Well, a lot of you passed Sunday school. You graduated. 
we're going to bring all the kids back and see if they know that song today. We'll, we'll find out, yeah. Um, when we think of Zacchaeus, we think of a wee little man who climbed a tree, right? Um, but I think there's a lot more um, to who Zacchaeus is um, in this story that we're going to be reading together. And so um, I, I think um, it'd be fun to explore this together. Jesus entered Jericho. This is from Luke chapter 19. And he was passing through town, and a man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, and he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. The word of the Lord. Um, so we start, we start and we, the first thing we learn about Zacchaeus is that he is a ruler among tax collectors, right? He's not just a wee little man who climbs a tree, but he is a ruler among tax collectors. And tax collectors, especially by characters in the narrative, are loathed. They are not people that any of the other characters find um, kind of worthy of Jesus' presence, certainly probably worthy of their own presence, and probably there's some... Decent reasons that people have big feelings about them, right? They give their money to them. Their money then goes to Rome. And people like Zacchaeus, who happens to be chief among them, um, get their share. And it's not always a fair share. And not only do we know about that Zacchaeus is a tax collector, but Zacchaeus is a wealthy tax collector. So, again, maybe, maybe some understandable reasons for um, some of the opinions people have. But... If we read the Gospel of Luke, consistently Jesus is described as hanging out with tax collectors, dining with them, spending time with them, um, breaking bread with them. So Zacchaeus is a tax collector, and that's kind of a mixed bag. He's also wealthy. Um, He's a rich man. And in the Gospel of Luke, and really all the Gospels, that's a, in terms of the kingdom, that's a dangerous place or precarious place to be. Um, The rich are viewed with suspicion a lot of times in the Gospels because wealth is a danger. Wealth is, um, can be a challenge um, in terms of living lives in the kingdom. Um, A really helpful way to look at this story is to pretend that we've actually read the whole Gospel of Luke. And right before Luke 19, in Luke chapter 18, We have peppered in 18 multiple little stories that Jesus tells that inform our read of this narrative. Um, One of those is about a Pharisee and a tax collector. Jesus says, 
there was two people going to the temple to pray. It starts out like a bad joke almost, right? Um, and one of them was a Pharisee. And the Pharisee goes to the temple and just thanks God that he is not like all the other people, all the crooks, all the evildoers, that he fasts, that he gives. And the tax collector goes to the temple and stands at a distance, eyes down, strikes his chest, holds his chest, says, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says that the tax collector is the one, not the Pharisee, that goes home justified. So just a chapter before, we have this description of, of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Um, there's also a story in chapter 18 about a rich man. A rich man comes to Jesus. Good teacher. Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Um, how do I inherit eternal life? Jesus says, you know how you'll inherit eternal life. Follow the commands. Oh, and also, give, give away everything that you have. And the story says that the, the rich man in this story turns away sad because he had so much. And the people listening look at Jesus and go, how can anyone be saved? Um, if that's the call, how can anyone be saved? And Jesus' response is, with humans, let me get this right, what is impossible for humans is possible with God. And so the story of Zacchaeus, although it's very familiar to us, it actually begins with this note of like ambiguity. Um, will this be another tax collector story where Jesus engages someone who at least the characters in the Gospels would be surprised by? Or will this be another story of a rich man um, who, be, who was turned away? Story goes on. He says he was trying to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. The word, the word try there could also be the word like seek. Um, and, and, or or, or um, search. Verse 10 actually holds this word too and is translated that way. And so Zacchaeus is, he is seeking to see Jesus. He's a tax collector. He's a rich man. He's a man who wants to see Christ. Um, he wants to see what God is doing in Jesus of Nazareth. Um, another another aspect that we learn about Zacchaeus is that he is a, he is a short man. Um, he is a little man. And on the one hand, maybe this is just, you know, part of the narrative to get him up on a tree. Um, maybe it's just kind of funny and, and we should just kind of move on from there. Maybe it's simply like when people go to the Rose Parade, they like hop up on a bleacher or some people even lug their whole ladder down there and like stand on ladders to be able to see the parade go by or jump on top of a roof. Maybe it's just a part of a great story. Um, but this word for short man was also used in Luke chapter 9. Same word. 
where the author writes, whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For the least, the small, same word, um, among all of you is the greatest. So Zacchaeus in this narrative, he's a tax collector, he's a rich man. Um, he's a man who seeks after God. Um, he is the least. Um, and here we go again, Luke 18. Peppered stories, one of them, Jesus, talking to people who follow him, um, welcoming children. Again, just like in Luke chapter 9. The first story in chapter 18 is the story of the persistent widow and the unjust judge. And this widow who continually goes to this unjust judge, give me justice in the face of my adversary. And finally, this judge says, for a while, the gospels say, for a while he refused, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or respect people. But I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will be no end to her coming here and embarrassing me. And Jesus says, won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will give them justice quickly. Zacchaeus runs ahead. He climbs a tree. Maybe it's comical. Maybe it's just details. Maybe it's to be read through the lens of a persistent widow doing anything he can to seek and to get the attention of Jesus. Zacchaeus' name means pure or innocent. That's what the word means in the Greek. So we get this full picture of a tax collector, a rich man, one who seeks persistently, who's the least of these, um, and he's up a tree. It's a multifaceted human narrative. Um, and I wonder if we can connect anywhere in his story. A tax collector, one maybe despised by others at times. The rich, experiencing wealth and blessing and the precariousness of that at times in terms of the kingdom. Um, maybe we feel small in places that we don't want to feel small. Um, we feel like the least uh, at church, at home, in our neighborhoods, at work. Or maybe you are just feeling the reality that all of us carry, that we are human people with layers of multifaceted aspects of who we are. And we're, we're, we're holding those and feeling some of those more kind of poignantly right now than maybe other times. Can we imagine ourselves up that tree? When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. 
I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. There's, there's so much I love about this moment in this story. Um, first of all, Jesus doesn't say, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your place next week, right? Or let's get it on the calendar. Um, or let's think about it, you know? It's Jesus, or excuse me, Zacchaeus. That was an amen. Um, he, come down now. Okay, I'm coming now. Um, there's action in this interaction. That is, that is just beautiful. Um, and Jesus doesn't say to Zacchaeus, hey, you know, let's meet in a third space, right? The popular saying these days. Let's meet in a, you know, anywhere we can kind of hide any layer of who we are. Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to where all the layers of who we are are on display. Um, and I want to be there with you. Um, and so Zacchaeus comes down gladly, happy to welcome Jesus. It's this moment of action. It's this moment where Jesus earns his reputation as a friend of sinners, a friend of people like you and me with beautiful aspects of who we are and people like you and me who miss the mark from time to time. And Jesus says, I'm coming to you, all of who you are, um, to your house. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. If only the story ended right there, right? Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. This beautiful moment, this layered human, transparent in the narrative for all of us to see, welcomed by God, and grumbling is the response. Um, and in some sense, these grumblers aren't wrong, right? Um, Zacchaeus is a multifaceted person like all of us. He certainly has missed the mark. He, at some point, made a lot of money and did it in a, in a role that in that society people weren't so sure about. Um, but we all missed the mark. Um, we just we miss marks that we want to hit and we miss other people's marks. Um, it's part of who we are. And so like we might find ourselves in the character of Zacchaeus, I also wonder if we might find ourselves in this moment of grumbling. Um, maybe, maybe we're the ones who are grumbled about, like Jesus. People are grumbling about something we've done or, or not done, um, said or didn't say. Maybe, maybe we're the ones who grumble. Um, we're, 
we're naming things that are real um, and are an element. Um, maybe we've been welcomed by God and have heard other people grumble about that. What's happening is these, these people are trying to disqualify Jesus based on who he spends time with. And so they do this by focusing on a very specific, thin vision of who Zacchaeus is. Right? They're, 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 they're trying to disqualify Jesus by a thin slice of his life, hanging out with this man, and doing so by viewing Zacchaeus through a very narrow aspect of his life. The tax collector. These are aspects about both Jesus and Zacchaeus that likely affirm these people's own preconceived kind of notion or story of what's going on. Their own needs. And it's partial truth, but it's not the full truth. Um, it's partial truth, but not the full truth. And so I think there's something for us no matter where we find ourselves in, in, in this piece of the story. Um, if we find ourselves as people prone to grumble, um, the caution is to remember the entire person who we're grumbling about or the entire situation of which we grumble about. Um, naming what's real and trying to keep in mind the fullness of what's real. Um, practicing curiosity maybe over judgment is an is a invitation that we hear a lot these days. It's not a denial of parts that are hard and miss the mark and it's not a strict focus on that one piece. For those who are grumbled about, um, the gospel message here is that we are so much more than what people might say about us. We're so much more, um, no matter who we are. And even when the grumbling has truth to it um, that we need to address and face, we're so much more than just one thin slice of a narrative. And so there's, um, there's conflict here, and, and these, there's people understanding a situation very different. Um, and those grumbling are, are willing to understand the story in a particular way that holds up kind of what they think about Zacchaeus, what they think about Jesus. And why Jesus should not be with him. Um, and I was thinking about a quote that, that Bonhoeffer wrote about the church and conflict. And for the last, for those of you who are newer with us, we've been working on conflict as a church body for the last year, year and a half. And so from time to time, we're talking about this, this idea of conflict and getting better at it. Um, and... Bonhoeffer writes, the person who doesn't want discord in the church is a person who doesn't love the church. I have all sorts of feelings about that quote, right? As I know your laughter reveals as well. Um, I don't want discord in the church. 
I'm a nine on the Enneagram. Discord is not my friend. Um, always. Um, and what, what he's getting at is that where there is discord, that means there is opportunity for a fuller picture, just like there is here for Zacchaeus. There's opportunity for growth, acceptance, and something new. Um, because that's what Jesus is about. Bonhoeffer goes on, or writes in another spot, connected to this, judging others makes us blind. These people are blind. They don't see all of Zacchaeus' story. Whereas love is illuminating. And so by judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. You see that in the grumblers in this story. Illuminating means being honest and real and truthful. And love means holding the humanity and the fullness of, of who we're, 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 we're talking about. Um, well, Zacchaeus stops. We get another picture of Zacchaeus here. Beautiful picture. Another layer. Zacchaeus stops and he says to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my possessions to the poor. Like these people are grumbling about me. Or I don't know if he's like responding to them or, or saying to Jesus, like, you're good, don't worry. They don't know. I give half my possessions to the poor. Um, and if I've cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. You get the sense that maybe he had a moment like Jesus' parable of the tax collector where he went to the temple and stood off at a distance and grabbed his heart and said, Lord, have mercy on me. I see what I've done. Um, and now these verbs are present tense. This is a way of being for him. Um, I give half of what I, what I have. I repay when I do wrong, with humans, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There's another element to his story. He's a generous person. He's a gracious person. He's a tax collector. He's rich. He's small and least. He runs ahead. He climbs a tree to see God and search for God. He is a generous person who's had heart change. Um, this man is Gary Powers. Um, a few years ago, we were on a, on a youth trip at, at Homeboy Industries. Brad's smiling because he was there. And Gary was our, our tour guide. Um, for the day. And we, we took some of the much older youthful people we have now who were in the confirmation and high school grades, and we took them down to Homeboy Industries and Homegirl Cafe to, to tour the operation and get some food. And Gary was our tour guide. And that entire day, I was so struck by Gary's ability to name and claim all the different pieces of his story. He talked about his upbringing and the challenges 
that he experienced. He talked about his time in jail and in prison and what he had learned from that. He talked about coming out of prison and being a part of Homeboy um, Industries. And he talked about the rehabilitation he experienced as he worked at it and as he was supported. Um, he talked about the youth that he now works with as somebody who's employed by Homeboy Industries. Um, you can actually go on YouTube and see some of his like daily like little devotionals now. And, and he talks in one of them about it's in our deepest pain that we find the greatest light. And just in our day with him, you could see he was one who, he went there. He did the work he needed to do to, to find that light. The big story of Homeboy, he said, opened him up to showing up. And at one point during the day, somebody asked him, do you, do you have any kids? And he, I'll never forget this, he just like instinctively, oh, I have kids and I am a badass parent, <laughs> just like that. And it was this just moment where he then went on to say, I learned how to show up here. And though others might not have shown up for me, I now have the ability to show up for my kids. Um, he just owned all of it um, with this hope of love and something new, not just for him, but for, for those around him. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, today... Salvation, newness has come to this household because he too is a child of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. When, when have you encountered the divine? That's what we want to be asking in these stories. When have you experienced God? Um, we're looking at these stories where Jesus has these times of eating and drinking, listening to people, challenging people, healing people. He comes to be known as a brother, a friend of sinners. Um, there's all these stories after his resurrection where, where Paul writes and and describes in these art pieces by Belkis and Miranda are, are images from these passages where, where Paul writes that the, um, the brother who eats and serves is light in darkness for us. The brother who eats and serves holds all things together for us. The friend of sinners is the image and fullness of God. In this story, it starts with Zacchaeus seeking after Jesus, doing whatever he can in the most humble of ways, right? Climbing this tree, running ahead. And in the end, we realize this is, this is a story about Jesus seeking him. The living God seeking us. Um, 
And so I, I think the good, the good word is that Jesus invites himself home with us too. us as a church. Um, in the multifaceted, layered ways that we show up. Um, the ways that I show up and screw up. Because um, I have at times. In the ways that I show up and I hit it out of the park. Um, and the ways that I show up and just kind of get a C plus for the day. The last couple years have felt like a lot of C pluses. Um, Jesus wants to come to your house too in the ways you show up. Um, when you hit it out of the park, when you miss the mark, when you're kind of on cruise control. And Jesus wants to be here for us as a body, too, in that. He invites himself home with us, all the fullness of who we are, um, to dine and to dwell.